Shalom, and welcome to the UMJC Weekly Torah Commentary Series. I'm Rabbi Rich Nickel from Congregation Ruach Israel. This Thursday, we begin the second week of Counting the Omer, and we're focusing this week on joy, one of the fruits of the Spirit. To follow along, with the rest of the Messianic Jewish community in counting the Omer together, download your free print-at-home Omer journal at umjc.org. I know it's still Pesach, but looking ahead to the end of mandatory matzah munching, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about almond croissants. I will tell you the truth. I love them and probably indulge too often. But that moment of sitting with a cup of good coffee accompanied by that glazed, nut-encrusted treasure is a joy. Unless the almond paste is missing. If it still is, after I take two exploratory bites without finding a hint of almond paste, my joy disappears. I turn to aggressive munching like a frantic prospector searching for the gooey gold, the sweet soul of the pastry. And if I don't find that mother load, By the second to last bite, my joy evaporates further into disappointment. A barren, soulless almond croissant. How capricious can the universe be? The silly mood lasts for a total of one or two minutes. Then outside the bakery, I hop on my trusty bicycle, begin riding, and... Feeling the bracing New England air, I'm back to my more usual emotional set point. But oh, how we live for the moments of joy. Let's talk about this week's Torah portion. Let's discuss the most powerful source of genuine joy. Again, not the momentary amen croissant kind, but the kind God would have us all experience every day. We begin with a midrash, a rabbinic story about Moses' brother Aaron following the golden calf incident. We read in Leviticus 9-7 that Moses summoned his brother-in-law, Aaron the Kohen, at a critical moment when it was time to institute patterns of regular worship among our people Israel. Then Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering to purify yourself and the people. Then present the offerings of the people to purify them, making them right with the Lord, just as he has commanded. The commentary goes like this. There is a tradition that Aaron had to be urged to bring his purification offering, a calf, because he was embarrassed. 
It reminded him of his role in the fashioning of the golden calf. Moses, however, assured him, your sin has been forgiven because you were ashamed. Etzheim, Torah and Commentary, page 631. But what could this incident possibly have to do with joy? I suggest that real joy, not the croissant kind, is rooted in relationship. Here we have Brother Aaron being ordered by Moses, the family's spiritual giant, to begin his sacred work by offering a calf, the same kind of animal that occasioned Aaron's profound shame. I fouled up so badly by making that golden calf. How can I possibly serve God, my people, Am Yisrael, and my fabulous brother by offering this animal? In the Midrash, Moses senses reluctant Aaron's immobilizing shame and essentially says, Don't worry, brother. What is past is past. You've been forgiven by Hashem, by me, and by your people. Now, let's get to the work at hand. If you were Aaron, how would you have felt after hearing these reassuring words? I want to suggest you would have felt joy. Let's take a closer look. Real joy arises out of real relationships. Aaron's shame could only be resolved in relationship. He loved and trusted his brother. Moses' words were probably reinforced by a comforting hand on his shoulder, a genuine smile, and a deep reassuring gaze. These made all the difference. Feelings of guilt, alienation, and inadequacy were replaced by true joy. What can we learn from this poignant interpretation of an encounter between Moses and Aaron? When we Messianic Jews look into the face of Yeshua, what do we see? God's Ruach can bring images to our sanctified imaginations of what he looked like and, and how he spoke during his sojourn among Am Yisrael 2,000 years ago. As he looks at you, what do you see? I will tell you what I see. I see an image of love mixed with a profound understanding of the complexities of the human condition. I see acceptance, despite my hidden and obvious faults. I sense his beckoning me to a higher kind of life, that kind gaze, though so accepting of me, simultaneously bears the intimation of a grandeur that can bring the entire universe to its knees in pure adoration. Again, 
What do you see when you imagine Messiah? During this period of the counting of the Omer, our UMJC community has been called to shape our thoughts and prayers in terms of the fruits of the Ruach, as cataloged by Rav Shaul in Galatians 5, 22-23. I will paraphrase the verse in traditional Jewish terms. But the fruit of the Ruach is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these midot, these holy qualities of character, there is no prohibition. Clearly, all of these character-defining qualities are important. But notice the word order. First, love, of course. But what follows immediately after? Joy. As we travel together as a UMJC community toward Shavuot, let's ask God to grant us greater reserves of joy, not the momentary Amun Kwasan kind, but the joy which flows from ever-deepening relationships with him and with people in our congregations and our families. Of course, there are the truly toxic people whom we must avoid. But with many in our spheres of life, joy awaits us if we choose to go deeper in helpfulness, vulnerability, and trust. We thank God for the opportunities to grow in character, the fruits of the Spirit. Now is the time to choose joy. This is Rabbi Rich Nickel signing off and wishing you good days of counting of the Omer and 